Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I am here with a writer that I am super excited to talk to because I feel like I have followed them on Twitter for a while and we, we've kind of been in some of the same you know, indie circles in terms of, you know, uh, especially my very, my, uh, very, my, my parasocial relationships. I'll put it that way with the folks that I follow on, on Twitter, on social media. And, um, uh, I feel like this person is really starting to like blow up in terms of some of the stuff they're involved in. And when we're recording this, there's something that's just been announced today. I can't wait to talk about and um, we're going to talk about roller derby, probably, and 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 all kinds of other fun and exciting stuff. Uh, so I am super excited to have on the podcast, Amy Chase. Amy, how are you doing tonight? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be part of, uh, you know, the cryptid corner. I love my little little monsters and, and cryptids and creepy crawlies. So I'm excited to uh, be on the podcast to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I. I was not a big, uh, I got to be honest, I said it, said it early on, I wasn't a huge fan of the name of the podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, I like, you know, comic books, especially naming of characters is very, you know, alliterative, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whether or not it's uh, Bruce Banner or, you know, Peter Parker. So the Cryptid Creator Corner from that made sense. And also, <laughs> I guess, from a branding thing of uh, comic book Yeti, but. I think like mm -hmm. the first like 10 to 20 episodes, I was just grumbling like <laughs> on the podcast. Like, yeah, you can't make it. me say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. The Cryptid Creator Corner, Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> but but I, also I, it works because, you know, so many of us, uh, especially those, you know, on the Twitter circles and stuff, we're kind of like little uh, cryptids ourselves and got to get us out of our little uh, hidey holes to, to come and promote and talk about our stuff. Yeah. You know, that that. I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of great comic books that use uh, cryptids or cryptid-like uh, characters. So, yeah, from that aspect of it, it does totally make sense. And, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is interesting when I, I have folks on and uh, most – I've, I've had some, like, amazing guests. But, yeah, so, sometimes, every once in a while, there'll be some something where it's like, all right. Come on, you're promoting your stuff. Let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a hard thing to do sometimes is talk about yourself. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sure it is. But that's why I'm here, to drag cryptids out into the light, I guess. Maybe that'll be my approach. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So I, 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 I'm not sure when I first, like, you know, started following you on Twitter or whatever it, it might have been. But I definitely remember the same time that I felt like I was kind of pitching to different anthologies, you were doing the same thing. And I know you've been in a couple, uh, told some fantastic stories and yeah. I want to talk. Yeah. And I want to talk about those. And then I was so, so, uh, you know, you, when you see somebody who's kind of doing the same thing you are, and I don't know how long, you know, you've been at it in particular with comics, but mm -hmm. You know, when you see folks that are kind of pitching to the same things and trying to do this the same stuff, and then you see somebody kind of have, you know, some success, I get very excited about that. I'm definitely the type that, uh, um, what is it? The I can't remember the phrase I was going to say about the tide all boats rising, rising. tide lifts all boats. That's the one. Just went right out of my head. <laughs> um, so I was like super excited, as I said, to see 
when the uh, the Pops Chocolate Shop of Horrors came out for Archie Horror, the the one shot that they did. I know I I showed it to Amy earlier, but I do have my my copy here. Um, the Frank Via variant too. <laughs> yeah, I had to get that. Although I really like Adam Gorham, who did the other. I think he did the A cover, but I love yeah. Adam Gorham's work. But I I like the Frank Via one. Um, uh, for that I think that's the B cover. But uh, yeah, I was like so excited. I was I Thank was you. on. I got it from my local shop, the comic book shop in in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, so I let's start. I wanted to kind of start right there. Uh, how did that come about? Are you a fan of Archie comics? Like how did that whole thing, how did that develop? Yeah. So that was that, I mean, that was beyond my wildest dreams. I'll just, I'll just start with saying that it was one <laughs> okay. of those things where, you know, you don't like everyone's got their bucket list stuff. And it was one of those things that to me seemed so unattainable that I was like, I'm not even going to tease myself to put it on the list at this point. Like I'm, I don't know how anyone gets into the bastion that is Archie comics. Like I don't know how it works. Um, but, you know, it had been around. I grew up watching the Melissa Joan Hart, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch series, which I didn't realize was Archie at the time until like much, much later. Um, and then, you know, Riverdale, the TV show comes around and I didn't end up uh, watching it, but I was, you know, eagerly watching people watch it. Like, you know, when they would tweet about it and everything. Sure. Um, and I worked in a comic book store in college. And that was one of those things where we had a couple of people who were regularly subscribed to the digests. Uh, we had people who came in and were like they're still making Archie comics uh and that was also right around the time that Afterlife with Archie uh started to uh really take off um so it had always kind of been around but I just didn't you know I didn't quite know how to get there and flash forward to when they uh kind of begin to introduce these one shots because I know that uh it's been a while since uh, Afterlife with Archie has published or The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and I do hope they come back I don't have any insider knowledge about that I'm just a big fan Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, they've got such a vast canon of characters and, uh, space to play in that I, I, it's so clever that they were like, we can do a bunch of different types of horror one shots in this kind of chilling adventures anthology series, but they've got so many different characters and, uh, archetypes in their, their library that they can really launch into different subgenres of horror. Uh, so the connection came along. I, you know, I, um, was in my own independent kind of just I'm making comics so that I have stuff to show people. Uh, I write prose as well. And I became very fast friends with uh, Casey Gilly uh, in the last couple of years. And it turns out we'd been introduced to each other at a signing like five years prior, but hadn't like met, like didn't remember each other and then only just reconnected. Um, and it came up that the editor for uh, the, the Archie Horror shorts, uh, Jamie Rotante, was, you know, just interested in having some more people to to bring into this fold because what what they've done really well as well is introducing big groups of of new creators with these anthologies because if you've got the the three story format you've got a right three writers and three artists mm -hmm. um and so they can really rotate people through and then you know kind of utilizing them again uh, on other projects down the line so casey had done um i think it was chilling adventures and sorcery like the madam satan one shot and okay. you know had 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 a great time with that and then was like hey you know Jamie is looking for more people who do horror and I know that you do horror really well and she very graciously introduced me um and I you know I hit it off with Jamie and it ended up it ended up just working out that you know our styles aligned very well and then she was like do you want to pitch for some of our projects and I got to see the calendar of what they were planning 
Um, so they were like, this is what we think our year is going to look like. It has changed. It has evolved as people have, you know, pitched and, and more ideas have come up. Um, but I sent in like 12 ideas. They were like, please. <laughs> I know. I was like, this might be my one and only shot. I got to do it. Um, but again, they had such a, a diverse lineup. I mean, you saw we had the, the camp horror, the camp pickings that just came up. So that was, you know, very Friday the 13th sleepaway camp. And then there was yeah. Betty the Final Girl. Uh, and then there was Pop's Chocolate Shop. And so that sparked so many ideas because they have so many amazing characters. Um, and one of the challenges and, and fun parts is you're, you're not forbidden from using the main characters, but they were like, we would love to see you use more of our, you know, extended cast because there are so many uh, very fun and interesting personalities in the uh, stories they've introduced over the years. And so, you know, I, I really dug deep. They had a really great encyclopedia they published recently. Um, I learned about Jughead's cousin, Souphead, like the, the deep, <laughs> the deep Riverdale lore. Wow. Um, but I just, I, you know, I went through and was like, okay, we've got, you know, so many fun, different characters. Um, and it just, it just kind of spun from there. And so uh, I got, I think I got an email, like maybe two or three months after that, that was like, Hey, you know what? We really liked your idea for pops. Um, let's move forward with it. And that was like, Oh my God, like, I don't care if they don't even look at my other 11 ideas. Like this, this is so exciting. Um, and then it just, it just was amazing. It was a, wow. it was an, a more amazing experience for a, for a first, you know, professional kind of publication work like that um, yeah. outside of Kickstarter and stuff like that. Um, it, it was just so amazing. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so your story is die and dash in it. Uh, and you're working with the artist, uh, the line art is Federico Sabatini, uh, yes. colored by Ellie Wright, who, phenomenal colorist. Yes, and I think Pops was her debut with Archie Comics as well. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah, I think that was, a, that was a pretty good, like, first Archie book for quite a few of us uh, right. in that, that group. It, lettered by Jack Morelli. The two other stories in it, Night Shift, uh, Ryan Caddy, Line art by Chris Panda and a Soylent Teen, story <laughs> by Jordan Morris and line art by Liana Kangas, a, uh, yeah. a, a, a another um, Cryptid Creator Corner uh, past guest. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's like a what a what a crew. <laughs> it was amazing. It was such a fun experience. I was a fan of Federico's work. He had also done their um, that previous September. They did like a sci fi horror. It was Archie's Weirder Mysteries. Uh, and he had done a story in Pop's Diner. Um, and it was like, I was like, oh my gosh. So I hope you don't mind going back to the diner for this. Um, it was so great to, to kind of become mutuals as well with, uh, Liana, you know, we've now we're working on something together. Um, oh, fantastic. and then that was also, I know that was Chris Panda's first, uh, big book. And then what was really serendipitous is it turns out that, uh, Jordan and Ryan and I are all based in SoCal. And so we were able to uh, do a couple signings together. And most importantly, before our signing at Golden Apple Comics uh, in, in Hollywood, we stopped at a little, um, a, a vegan chic kind of diner, but we all got uh, burgers and milkshakes and it felt, felt very appropriate. <laughs> Good. Uh, very, very California and very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had an oat milk based milkshake and it was just as delicious. And actually, I felt better knowing that there weren't any people in the burgers uh, given the track record from our book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and so w with something like this, um, I mean, ha we're having worked at a comic book shop at, at one point and I'm assuming, to, you know, not just the encyclopedia that you know, Archie published, but having familiarity with the characters and the stories yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, what was that like to go, to go from working in it to then, you know, you're, you're doing a sign. Was that like your first signing? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I had done like a small free comic book day tabling thing a couple years ago at okay. the comic bug in Manhattan beach, but it was kind of not like a, like a dedicated signing. I was, I had one of my anthologies there and I was just kind of like, Hey, you know, like if anyone's interested, I think I sold it for like five bucks a pop. It was a very small book. Um, but this was like my first, like, I've got a name placard set up. Um, right. I did one at, at golden apple and then we did one at arsenal comics, which is my local store. Um, but like, oh my gosh, it was like seeing the stores pre-selling signed copies and like, and then, you know, I saw a couple on eBay that were like, oh, you know, like these are signed up and I'm just like, oh my God, I like, I had to practice my signature. I felt like, I felt like, you know, the kids in the, the, the sitcoms where they're like practicing their crush's name in their notebook. But it was like, I, I was like, I gotta make a really cool signature, uh, that's like legally distinct from what I use for like documents. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's but funny. Yeah, it was it was huge. And you know what? I a little disservice on myself. I haven't actually gone up to the comic book store that I worked at in college just yet, but I do plan to hopefully make a trip uh for the next the next book release I have going. Um but like that was such an important formative time. I think I did my first um comic book while I was working in the store that was Metro Entertainment uh in Santa Barbara. Um because I had this mixture of like reading so many books I mean, I, I was reading so many to be able to recommend them to the customers, but having a mix of like, I want to tell stories like that. Like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then seeing the ones where I was like, mm, I have some notes. I could probably do that differently. So like, I, you know, I'll try to take uh, my own advice and do stories differently. Right. Um, and so at that time, it was, I want to say it was 2015 or 2016 was like my first, like first official script. Um and that was for an anthology called They Have Issues. And it was a bunch of us who were in comic book stores, working in comic book stores. And we put that one together. It was a very small uh, little crew, but it had like, it had some very early Teeny Howard work. Um, oh, wow. I got to work with, uh, I got to work with Haley Boros, who I collaborated with for three total anthologies uh, following that. And it was just a really good experience. And we had a lot of support from the comics community. And that was something where I was like, okay, I think I can do it again. I mean, like looking back at that script, I was like, first of all, I was like way too precious about the size of panels. I was like, Haley, this one should be exactly one third of the page and blah, blah, blah. And like, now there's a little bit more give and take with like knowing how to talk with the artists and collaborators. Um, but some of the dialogue was clunky, but I think that's important to me and going like, okay, like, but that's where I started from. And, and, um, and I had also offered to help Haley color some of the pages just because it was a real homespun effort. Right. And I got to say, there is absolutely a reason that coloring is a separate job for very <laughs> skilled individuals. <laughs> right. I was like, hmm, I think I like the burn tool for, for shading here. <laughs> so <laughs> my I first always, and last colored comics work. Right. That, that was it. Uh, I always, I always find myself because I kind of came to, you know, I, writing. So, I mean, I've always liked to the I always like the idea of writing and I used but, um, you know, we go to school and college and like I went to law school and everything's like, you know, you do it for school, you do it for work. And then but I finally like when the just a few years ago decided, you know, well, I like comics so much. I mean, maybe I could try like writing one. And um, I find myself I, I always have the issue where like no matter what comes back, I'm just like, oh, well, they're the artists. They must know. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, yo, that's great, guys. Yeah, no notes. No notes, because I, 
I'm I I don't know what I'm doing. But um, yeah, you know, I have that feeling too, where it's like I I trust my collaborators, and I'm like, you guys are professionals, and the way that I will explain this is probably very silly. And sometimes I've you know at least tried to draw like a stick figure layout of like a, a particularly complex panel. Um, but yeah, you know, there there are the the parts of your writing that you need to advocate for, but also like realizing that the artist and some like fresh set of eyes, a fresh mind will come in with ideas that you never even imagined. And you have to, you know, be gracious enough to be like, absolutely. Like that is so cool. Let's run with that. And then, you know, evolve it from there. Yeah. I mean, that's why communication is so key with any great, you know, any great or good collaboration, because like you have to, you have to be willing to say like, well, this isn't quite how I saw it in the script. And, but if, you know, the artist or the color or letterer is pushing back and say, well, this is why I think it works this way. You know, you, you have to be, I think, flexible on both ends. So yes. whether or not it's, you know, getting better about, you know, not being so strict on panel size or whether <laughs> it's about actually, uh, you know, speaking up for, for something you need to hold your ground on. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting process making comics, but, um, man, there's nothing like it. It it's amazing. It's addictive as well. Um, after that first one, I had mentioned that they have issues. Uh, I, you know, I had a, a big string of unsuccessful pitches. I've got a beautiful little graveyard of ideas that I'm still like, you know, someday maybe, maybe we'll find the right place for this. Um, but I had pitched to the ladies night anthology by Graham cracker comics several times. Um, and, you know, it didn't quite work out. And there were a couple of other ones that, you know, they, I, the story got accepted and maybe we got partway through the work and then they were like, actually, this isn't going to work out. Like it's, we're, we're not going to be able to do the crowdfunding. So it just kind of fell apart. Um, and so, but, but then, you know, just keeping at it, it was a bit of a triumphant feeling where I was able to, I think in 2017, I'm losing track of years. 2017 is like two years ago to me. So <laughs> I, don't, don't tell me otherwise, but um, we won't I, hold you to it. It's fine. <laughs> Let's do the best you can. <laughs> Thank you. I, I pitched another ladies night anthology um, and got into it. And so it was kind of this triumphant feeling of like, okay, it, we weren't ready for that collaboration at that point, but now we're ready um, for this time. And so uh, I got to work on a story with uh, Rita Martins, the artist, and then the editor Summer Sparrison for that. And that was uh, ladies night sisterhood. Um, and so that was really fun. Awesome. Um, and then the kind of biggest anthology I had done up to that point uh was an absolute whirlwind. It was one of those, like, I saw it retweeted on Twitter and it just kind of spun out from there. Uh, Comic Book Slumber Party in England, um, run by Hannah K. Chapman, they were like, hey, we just had a writer drop out. We have an artist who's amazing with wolves. We're looking for a pitch to kind of utilize that in a fantasy anthology. And I remember distinctly, I was like out at the mall with some friends and I just couldn't, they were all talking about like, let's go to Hot Topic or whatever. And I was like, I have to write a comic in right now like I have to get this pitch out and so I just I thought about it all the way home and and typed up that pitch and sent it off like really fast because I was like I don't know how many hours you know with like time is of the essence um and it ended up getting accepted and they were like great like here's your collaborator uh, an artist named Lee Buzka and this was for uh, Escape from Bitch Mountain by uh, Avery Hill and so that was a a lot of fun and that was like that was a big book I was like this one actually has like a dedicated publisher I'm so excited and it's Avery Hill. And it, yeah, it's Avery Hill. It's this amazing, like the other collaborators in that book, like Corinna Varopolo was in there. Um, I'm trying to think, Abs Bailey, like all these incredible artists. And and it was really fun because the theme of that one was um, 
their mascot, Greasy, who's this, you know, rude dude, uh, cigarette smoking dog, has uh, crawled her way through the dungeon of Bitch Mountain and she slept with the warlock, had a one night stand, got her number, and now needs to do the walk of shame back out of the dungeon. And so we got to reconstruct and deconstruct like all the rooms of the dungeon uh, that she had to go through <laughs> and like the carnage that she caused on her way through with the employees, like the warlock, you know, is the, is the manager and all the, the sub employees of the dungeon. And it was like, so, so fun. It was a huge book for me, but it was the last thing I wrote for like three years. I just had a, a string of um, like complete rejections. Not enough anthologies were, you know, happening or at least on my radar. And then the pandemic hits and it just kind of felt like everything ground to a halt for a little bit. And that was me going, I don't know if this comics thing is going to work out. You know, I had a couple fun ones, but I just, I, I really don't know. Yeah. So then, um, you know, just, I kept kind of trying to have those ideas. It was one of those things where I also, I wasn't the type of person to go, I'm going to write a script that has nowhere to go. Cause I was like a little scared of that. I just, I was like, I, I need to have a collaborator. I need to have at least a theme. Like I can't just strike out on my own. Um, but the turning point for me was uh, discovering the Mad Cave Studios talent search in 2020. I think that was their second annual. I had had eyes yeah, on like the, right. the yeah. Top Cow searches, but I'm really not familiar with Top Cow's, you know, like Aphrodite X kind of um, those stories. Mm-hmm. So I had seen the Mad Cave one. I was like, okay, this is, you know, this looks doable. Um, and a lot of their books at that point, you know, were just five issue volumes. So it was like, okay, this is not a huge barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. And I picked up Show's End Volume One. They were kind of like it. It was one of those years where it was like you can do any of the books. Yeah, um, yeah. Fell in love with Show's End. And Me I too. I, that's what I used as well. Yeah. You know what? I remember that now. Yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. um, I love Show's End. Uh, Anthony so Cleveland, uh, amazing the, guy. Right, is the writer. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the artist. I apologize. Uh, I think it's Jeff Sidzinski. Sidzinski. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah. Uh, there's volumes one and, and there's a volume two now. So a yeah. little plug for Mad Cave shows. And I, I, yeah, I did the same thing. Fell in love with it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try this comic thing. And yeah. <laughs> Give this little on. comic thing a try. <laughs> let's see. Let's write a script. Let's go get, you know, let's go get understanding comics and let's go get Brian Michael Bendis's uh, words, for, words pic- for pictures. Words for pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, was it? A, it was around the time uh, of the, the the pandemic and and when comic book stores were. I think when Diamond kind of shut down for a hot minute there. Do you remember yeah. when they had that really big uh, Bink fundraiser? It was the yeah. the and so I had bought a uh, like an hour chat with uh, Sam Humphreys and he sent me a oh, copy cool. as well of Words for Pictures. Um, and that again kind of kickstarted the like okay you know I gotta get some ideas spinning like I kind of want to see if this happens. Um, so going back to shows end I like. I studied it intimately. I had like an HDMI hookup for my laptop and I put it on my television and like was going through on comiXology, like just, just lived and breathed that book. And the script that I produced, I'm, I'm actually kind of embarrassed by, I was like, wow, this is like a really overwritten. Like I just, I, I did a little too much, but it was, you know, I went from zero to 60 in, in a very weird time for everybody societally. Right. Um, but I liked, I still liked the, the way in which I was like, okay, I went into someone else's world. I identified something that was an open space to tell a story. Um, and uh, like, I had a lot of fun with it, but I was like, okay, I've got a fire under my butt now to like do this again. And I yeah. entered 2021 and 2022 
And unfortunately, neither of those years panned out, but I know that I made a tangible improvement in each year and through the process met so many other uh, creators, you know, in the Mad Cave stable and just kind of all the other hopefuls pitching to them. And it was an invaluable experience that maybe cost me the price of a trade paperback each year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, felt the same way. Like I thought, oh, man, town search and oh, here's like a theme and and trying to do it. And I thought, well, what better way? Because I had not really written a comic script before. Um, yeah, so getting all the books, trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. reading shows in and, and, and putting it, um, you know, putting something together. And it's just like, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the experience of trying to craft a story in someone else's world. And then, it, yeah, did, same thing for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do this now, but, you know, with less, like, restriction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, just tell uh, whatever stories, like, I, I want to tell. I find that to be the most difficult for me, like, fitting a theme. It's like, oh, can I, you know, when you hear a new anthology, I'm like, I want to do something for this, but what do I know about cyberpunk? Let me, I'm 44 <laughs> years old. I got to look up cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, I will admit, you know, my brain also went to some of the cyberpunk ones that have been floating around. An amazing genre. A lot of people can do a oh, lot absolutely. of really fun stuff with that. But my my brain just goes like radio static when I think of, right. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Like I can do sci-fi. I can do some sci-fi. But when it gets sure. into the cyberpunk, right? some of it, I just, I just, I don't know. It yeah. just kind of eludes me. So I stick with like the fantasy and the horror yeah. stuff. <laughs> right. And listeners, that was a little bit of a bit. I do know what cyberpunk is, but I just couldn't come up with a good story for an anthology. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. I've entered the Mad Show, uh, the the Mad Cave uh, talent search in twenty two and 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 twenty three as well. And um, it's just it, I enjoyed, you know, I mean, didn't pan out, but I, you know, I enjoyed coming up with uh, different stories and trying to, you know. Most of mine were very, very silly, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's fun to be silly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went, I went romance for Show's End, and then when they like announced the oh. winners, and like one of the winners had done Show's End, and they were like, "This was like the scariest," and I was like, "I guess it is kind of a horror book. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe romance wasn't the way to go." I yeah. liked it. I had fun. Yeah. But I, <laughs> um, I really like, I like Mad Cave. I've had some Mad Cave. Creators, including Mark London, on on the podcast. Um, awesome. But the year, I guess it was twenty one, where you had to do well, Wolvenheart. Wolven yeah. yeah. And I did like a bunch of like research into the t- like some of like one of the main time periods that was set. I found like some really obscure building in in London that I thought like looked really interesting, and I used. Um, I used Ebenezer Scrooge as a character because I That's think he's amazing. In the, I think he's in the public domain and like I think the the third or fourth page of it was a a really long Deluca effect with uh, Ebenezer Scrooge falling through the ceiling of the dome fighting a, a winged demon. <laughs> I'm nice. Like, I'm like this is ridiculous. <laughs> They're never well. It's you know what? It's done. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I yeah, nice I did time. something. I did something with Van Helsing, but then yeah, hearing people go like, "Oh, I used Amelia Earhart, and I used Frankenstein's monster, and I used," and I was like, "I also probably could have done something a little crazier." But like, that's the thing is like, yeah. I love seeing how many people like you know have their different ideas and and where that stuff can go. Because um, again, kind of jumping back to your idea of like a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, you know, I, sometimes there's that that instinct to be like a little jealous or like a little scared, like, oh, you know, there's only going to be so many winners. And so the more people enter, the less 
But then in the end of the day, it's like more people who are doing this stuff and getting better and like practicing their craft, like the more comic books you get to read. Yeah. So like, I'm just really excited to get to see people do that and evolve and like, be like, Oh, so-and-so made it into this anthology. Even if I didn't go this time, like I'll have a reason to pick that up. And then, you know, knowing that hopefully they'll be just as excited when I have something to announce down the line. And yeah. Um, yeah. It, there, you know, there is that scarcity mindset, but I think a lot of that is just falsely perpetuated or maybe, you know, in unfair conditions in like the larger publishing industry. Right. Um, but ultimately someone else's success doesn't take away from, uh, from your, you know, eventual success yeah. as well. Well, I also think that, I mean, in a, in a, a broader sense, in particular right now, crowdfunding has really kind of changed a lot of that. You know, if I was alive and trying to make comics in the 70s or 80s, I'd <laughs> be a lot less restricted in terms of what I could do or where I, I could go. I mean, in terms of finding collaborators, you know, social media has totally changed that game. And in terms of being able, if you can, um, you know, scrape up enough to... um get a you know five or six pages of art and mm -hmm. get a team together to crowdfund it and you kind of you know you you kind of can have your success and carve out a niche and and find your audience yeah and i love that i love that like hot minute of summer where everybody was doing one pagers because like that yeah. was just really <laughs> fun little felt like an appetizer course and i was like yeah. i could do a one pager i want to do a one pager and i and it introduced me to this fabulous mm -hmm. artist named elizabeth ryan shepherd um and we hope hope to collaborate on something someday we've you know had some discussions but like the timing hasn't been right right um, but like she's got this beautiful gorgeous like deeply inky horror style while also Ooh. like maintaining a very um very cute uh design for her characters and i was like that is the exact kind of creepy that i want um so we did we did a one page and it was it was a lot of fun and you know that's just a yeah. little, little something something that you can show people yeah um, yeah so. i that, i love that too i like there was Everyone was doing something. I I did one with uh, uh Marcus from um uh, Dauntless. Oh yeah. Series. Um yeah, I had an idea and I reached out to him and yeah, you know, it was just something to to put together and to do and it was enjoyable, you know. Yeah. I think whenever you get to kind of work that muscle, you know, in terms of how do you craft um a story, how do you put it together, work with your artist to, you know, to have everything flow visually, it makes you better. Yeah. And I think that those shorter stories are so important. Like I know so many people are like, you know, I've got the, the next great idea for like a 20 issue ongoing series. It's like, man, start at four pages, start at two pages. Like see if you can do yeah. a condensed story because that can sometimes be harder. Um, I was listening, I was just listening to an episode of, I think it was bitches on comics with Jamie Rotante from, from Archie okay. and she she was one of the guests and she they were discussing about like overwriting and the idea that like sometimes you do have to write the novel to get yourself down to the short story like you'll have those ideas and like discard them but some people I think you know again with with a shorter story they don't know where the instinct is like oh you know you have to have little subplots and you have to have things and it's like no you just kind of need to cut to the meat of it and and again bringing it back to Archie that's what I think they do so well with those uh, those short anthologies, you know, again, like my story was was eight pages to tell a framing uh, look of the diner that had a beginning, middle, end, but also was able to fit in thematically and and narratively the two other stories uh, that were in the anthology as well. Right. And so like that was a highly collaborative process, both with the artists and the writers. That was really fun because um, I'd never 
it felt it felt almost like a little writer's room. Like I'd never been uh, in direct contact with other writers like that in a story that had some sense of continuity, um, even though we were all kind of separate stories. And I think uniquely with Pops, it was because we all had to share the the same toy box. Right. Where we were like, we're all in the diner. And if someone does something to the, to the diner, it might affect something else in the diner. And so then we kind of got fun with it. And while it was not necessarily the in- initial intention, if people reread that, I think that some of those elements do come together a little bit more where it was like when we were talking about where Jordan's book was going to go, whether it was going to be the the first or the second of the anthology uh, shorts, we were like, oh, well, wouldn't it be fun, you know, if we kind of had a secret origin for the the slop in Ryan's story that Kevin Keller spills on the floor, you know, this horrible goulash with teeth in it. And it's like, oh, okay. In Jordan's story, he mentions that there's like, you know, uh, the, the the jock kids and and the active ones were too tough and and they were only fit to be slop and so it's like oh we had these like funny little moments where it was like oh i bet like that's the same like he's you know he's really crafty he's repurposing all the bodies uh in different ways and not everybody's fit to be a burger some of you <laughs> yeah. are are going to yeah <laughs> i uh, like end that. up on the floor <laughs> so but but it was one of those things that just kind of came out of the process of we were like wouldn't it be funny if while we're we're sharing all these thematic elements right yeah, no, um, it's funny because at first, like, um, uh, I, I'd gotten the issue and had read it. And then um, I, re- I like, you know, I, well, I will reread some things before I'm talking to, the, you know, a creator. And I went and I just reread your story, like just skipped around to, like the eight pages. <laughs> and I was just like, this reads differently. And I'm like, and I have to, and then when I, you know, go back and read the whole thing and I'm like, oh, yeah, there is some, co- I forgot. There is some like connective tissue that even though your story is kind of separated, mm-hmm. like reading the whole issue through from beginning to end, it really does yeah. connect. And some some of their anthologies don't necessarily do that. I think that their, their Christmas one from last year, it was just three Christmas-themed horror stories, which was also great. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, they don't always have to do that. But when I when they get that opportunity to kind of connect like that, I think it makes it a little more special. Yeah. Um, they also did that with um, Camp Pickens, where... Betty and Veronica are missing from the main story and he, Jughead's like, I don't know where they are. And it was because we got to see like their, their separate stories in the um, Tim Seeley and uh, was it Mike Norton, uh, the revival? Oh, okay. they, they did the Veronica story and then Blake Howard and uh, Carola Borelli did the, um, the Betty Cooper story. And then Diana Carrero and Jordan Morris also from pops did the Jughead story. So it was like super super fun like that um yeah and then like i even put a couple of references in my story that like if you do reread it it's kind of like oh like in the first uh opening scene pop is talking about like kids stealing coins from the jukebox and you get to the end of the book and you find out what's what's up with the jukebox and then it's kind of like well were they stealing money just to be dicks about it or like do they know what's going on and were yeah. they trying to to help save people? Like, <laughs> yeah. What exactly was happening Just there? Little yeah. No. yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. I really like the Thank stuff you. that they're, they're doing and I'm not so I've just, not that I've ever really, I haven't really read a lot of Archie comics before for, for no other reason, just then it wasn't anything that like really, you know, I was ever exposed to. And um, when I got back into reading comics, I've been playing catch up for like, you know, the past. <laughs> I keep saying 10 years and I feel like I've been saying 10 years for the past 15 years. So I think I need to adjust my timing <laughs> of how long I've been back reading comics. Um, but yeah, 
it, 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 it's really great. All the different stuff that they are still able to do with these characters. And I especially love what you said earlier about, you know, maybe digging into that Archie encyclopedia and finding some characters and finding new ways to use those characters in, in, in contemporary stories. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, if I, if I may segue into the, uh, the latest announcement, I mean, Oh, segue away <laughs> just announced uh welcome to riverdale and this is a so this is a one shot so this is a full story it's not an anthology piece um so i've written it the art is being done by liana kangas oh my god i mean first of all i'm excited that it's it's a pops return but like i am so excited to work uh with liana and then we have ellie wright and jack morelli returning for colors and letters awesome um, but that one is centered around a character named ginger snap who is not from riverdale uh, and she, I, I couldn't tell you historically how many stories she's been in, but the answer is not a ton. She okay. had her own, she kind of had her own line. She's from Hilldale um, and she has her own friends like Patsy and Ichabod and Tommy. And so like they live in their own kind mm -hmm. of universe, but I would say maybe like fewer than 30 or 40 issues to her name in the entirety of Archie Comics Publishing. Wow. Um, okay. So, you know, she's she's a, a very blank slate, um, but I'm excited because she's an outsider and our uh, it can't, can't tease too much about the book. I think maybe mm -hmm. when this podcast comes up, maybe more information will be out, but just sure. to be on the safe side. Um, it's kind of our version of uh, it's a little bit Stepford Wives. It's a little bit Pleasantville, but it is um, it is welcoming Ginger into Riverdale. She she has read about the town. She's heard about the town. So many good things. And she gets to finally experience it for herself. And it's almost too many good things and it's a little bit you know you're new in town you don't want to be a bother why is everybody being so nice um and then you know she kind of has this like maybe maybe them being nice isn't so bad like maybe i'd like to be a part of it or maybe i'd like to get the hell out of here so um that's really fun there will be some uh some other like not as utilized characters um introduced in that i don't want to spoil too much but on the yeah. marguerite savage cover uh the mayor of Riverdale is on there and he actually isn't in the encyclopedia, but he is in some comics, um, especially in the uh, big Ethel energy webtoon. Um, but mayor glib, the mayor of Riverdale is there. And so I just, you know, I got to pull out some references where I was like, I love the mayor from Buffy, you know, that kind of like smiley, a little bit germaphobe politician. Who's just, mm -hmm. so I was like, Oh, that's really fun. We're going to throw that in there. Um, and then I got to write a few other like, Riverdale mainstays that I was like, I just, before, before I get in and out again, I never know what's going to be my first or last book with, with yeah. them. I'm like, before I leave this one, I want to write so-and-so. Um, so I put a few more of them in this book, but I, but I'm really excited about it. Um, amazing collaboration. I'm such a huge fan of Liana, especially uh, their work on know your station. I reread know yep. your station like copiously to kind of get some ideas, both in what, uh, you know, facial expressions and physicalities that they excel at. But also, um, I really liked the restrained horror of Know Your Station. I mean, how restrained. Some of those people looked like they were like rotisserie hams, but like uh, <laughs> like those, the way that the body uh, kind of creepy factor. And I'm not saying that there's some of that in Welcome to Riverdale, but I wanted to get some of that. Like, hey, if we had to go into some weird territory, like what kind of horror uh, are you into? And so it was a really great collaboration. Also, we got to we got to connect and chat before I finished the script. Um, with Pops, I finished the script, and then they were like, hey, Federico's going to draw it. Like, we're going to have fun here. But yeah. I had a little bit of a chance to uh, discuss with Liana, like, hey, what kind of stuff do you like? Or what do you think of this idea? 
um, because I was writing it kind of in a vacuum at that point. And so um, our discussion really helped uh, point me in some some good directions that I think will ultimately service the visuals a lot better uh, in the story as well. Oh, fantastic. Is, yeah. is there, um, when was announced, is there, uh, I, I didn't see uh, the release date for it? October 11th. Oh, October 11th, which, which means that season. final, yeah, if this is going up, that, that final order cutoff will probably be early to mid September. So okay. make sure, make sure your store orders up. And I love, um, the, so Liana did the A cover and then Marguerite Savage did the B cover. I love seeing the Archie horror logo in pink on the B cover. Cause this, this one is a little bit of a different style of, of horror. I think it's a little bit more psychological with, okay. you know, a reference like the, the Stepford wives. Sure. Um, but I just, I kind of like seeing the pink cause it's bright and it's, it's Riverdale and everything is yeah. perfect in Riverdale or else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I, cause I, you know, um, I'm very happy for all of your success in comics. I'm a Thank big you. fan of, uh, Liana Kangas as well. Um, I mean, who it, isn't? I mean, if they're yeah. not, hopefully it's just because you haven't heard of them and you're going to fix that immediately. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, yeah, if, if anyone listening, if any of the listeners did not listen to their episode with um, with with Sarah Gailey from Know Your Station, then oh, uh, I, I banger it, of a team. <laughs> yeah. A- any uh, I, I'll I'll throw uh, a plug out there and just quickly recommend uh, a, a triple feature. Um, True Cult, uh, Know Your Station, and uh, Sarah Gailey's uh, um, Eat the Eat Rich. The Rich? Yeah. yeah. Uh, those, know those Your Station three. felt like a really good spiritual successor to uh, right. to Eat the Rich. And I think with Liana work, Liana's work, their, their work, and um, the writer is um, uh, Brian Scott Wilson uh, yes. for True Cult. Uh, that <laughs> I kind of, I think, kind of fits like right in there as well. Um, yeah. That's a fantastic comic. One of my favorites. Yeah. You know, it's all different forms of of capitalism and the ways in which it's killing people. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, I mean, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, Love that. That's a great well, so, body of work. <laughs> yeah. So October 11th, uh, uh, welcome to Riverdale. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited. And I didn't even think the announcement was going to drop so soon. It was just kind of like, boom, go, go, go. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So yeah. I'm really excited that... Uh, that the team at Archie uh, liked, you know, liked enough of my ideas to let me come in and destroy Riverdale again. Cause right. I had a, I had a fun time ruining the good name of, of pop Tate <laughs> and the diner. <laughs> um, now I get to destroy the whole city. Oh, well, maybe not destroy it, but you know, I get to change everybody's perception of the whole city. <laughs> now that's great. Oh, I yeah. love it. All right, fellow cryptids. Now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately, I am not very handy or crafty, as it were. Luckily, I have come across Crafty Comics, and they have a way for you to display your comics, even uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame, which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one, by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic Con. And I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame. And I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy. And I have a slew of comic books now. And uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite 
signed comic books. Um, and Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. And yeah, it was a, it's great. And uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now, back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. And I wanted to ask you about some of the other anthologies because we talked about, you know, getting into anthologies early mm-hmm. on and and that type of work. Um, but you were in Won't Back Down and Let Her Be Evil is is coming out, I think, later this year. Yeah. Um, so has you, when you, you when you're, you're first starting out and trying to do that and then after you have like you get into a, you know, you have some rejections like everybody does. And then you get into a couple of anthologies and now with, you know, working with Archie, does your you know, has your approach changed to how you like pitch to anthologies? Like, I think is it just the 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 same thing that you've, you've <laughs> you know you've done before? I mean, it's the same idea machine. My brain always has too many ideas, and so it might as well throw a couple of them out there and see what sticks. But um, I'd like to believe that my pitching process has maybe evolved a little bit. Um, I know a lot of these anthologies nowadays, you know. When I was first pitching, and and I will be forever grateful, um, a lot of those projects were like, we will pair you with an artist. You know, we're just kind of taking a scattershot group of applications, and we will find people who work together well. And that was a great way to introduce me to a lot of people at that point. Um, I've been very, very fortunate with the last couple of anthologies that I've pitched to, having artists approach me or having the ability to approach an artist and say, hey, like, let's, would you like to do this? Um, So that was really cool. Um, I've learned over time, you know, I think what is the most important information to share with them. And then some things where it's like, I know that it might change, you know, some things might get lost in translation from brain juice to the eventual script. Um, but you know, I still just try to approach it with the, like the childlike wonder of like, what if this crazy thing happened or, (laughs) or, you know, um, yeah. And so for let her be evil, um, I, I was actually approached by an artist who was unable to then uh, continue the project after we got accepted. So I felt really bad, uh, but everybody's got deadlines and I respect that. Um, so yeah. I was able to be paired up with another artist who had uh, pitched to the project and was kind of floating around uh, un- untethered there. Um, so I'm working with uh, Thistle Tender, uh, who I've, I've never seen before, but I absolutely love, love, love Thistle's work. Um, so that one was really fun. Uh, and again, cause that one, you know, I've, I've always got ideas for bad girls in the back pocket. Like I love oh. bad girls. <laughs> I can do horror stuff. Um, I can spin a fantasy thing. I'm a, I'm a, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons player and DM. So like if I got a BS, a fantasy idea at the last second, um, uh, because my players chose not to go to the plot hook I wanted them to, then I can do that. Um, but so getting kind of introduced, uh, to these other collaborators and, and themes for the anthologies, um, and so Let Her Be Evil, really fun. Again, just like an idea of like, let's just make a female character who doesn't want to apologize for what she's doing. And like, we can, you know, a little bit of the the idea that like, good for her. Like, you know, she's going to cause some evil, like she's going to kill somebody along the way, like good for her. Um, <laughs> and so um, that one was really fun. I don't know how much information about the anthology will be out by this point, uh, but we're doing a... a we're doing a story of what it takes to be heartless, literally and figuratively, when uh, things in romance aren't going so well. 
Um, and that was actually kind of based on a character that I had come up with as a, as a younger uh, writer, but I never did anything with. I was like, oh, I just mm-hmm. think this idea is really cool. Um, kind right. of a witch, witchy vibe. Um, for Won't Back Down, that was a really interesting one because I, uh, you know, Trina Robbins put out the call because she had done, um, and forgive me, I do not remember the title, but she had done a very similar anthology many, many moons ago, kind of, again, just uh, with the kind of underground uh, comic scene, uh, just kind of, again, fighting back against these Supreme Court decisions and, right. uh, you know, governmental uh, topics of bodily autonomy and, like, who who can do what with their bodies. And, you know, the answer isn't always what you think it would be uh, in this day and age. But um, so that was really interesting because it was just this, uh, it was an op- it was a closed open call. It was kind of like, you know, she was gathering from from a from the community, um, yeah. and I was able to um, to pitch something, and my story got accepted. But I didn't have an artist, and I didn't know who the artist was going to be. It was just again this kind of big outpouring effort where people were more more or less kind of donating their stories. They're like, you know, this is something we're really passionate about. Uh, this was spurred in the response to the recent Roe v. Wade uh, overturning. Yeah. Um, and so you know, everybody's story with these kinds of things a little bit different. Um, some of it is very personal and I've, I have not, you know, engaged in the experience of having children or, or that kind of stuff. So I wanted to come from a perspective almost of a little bit satire. Um, and the, you know, that frustration when you can, you can make all the funny jokes and remarks and like the what ifs about, you know, I'm thinking of like how people go off on Twitter with like, well, maybe these guys should try doing this thing if they don't like women having control over their bodies and that's right. it. Um, yeah. So I went, I went with a satirical approach, but from a story that had always terrified me as a child, which was the old urban legend of you eat a watermelon seed, it's going to turn into a baby inside of you, or it'll turn into a, like, it'll grow into a watermelon inside of you. And it's like, I, I don't give a watermelon permission to put a watermelon inside of me. Um, and so kind of took uh, that satirical perspective of, of just the frustrated anger, just throwing my voice out there. Uh, and right. then I was I was paired with artist uh, Steve Lealoha, um, who I believe is is Trina's partner uh, in life. Um, but he, you know, he's got a long history with Spider Woman comics. He did oh, yeah. Duck stuff. Um, so that was really cool. That was really interesting. And it was one of those things where it was, again, like with the amount of names in the book and like the pedigree of like Trina Robbins and and like Henry Barajas was helping us through the the creation process and just so yeah. many amazing names that I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I don't know if I fit in here. Like, do I deserve to, to stand here? Like, and sometimes it just doesn't come down to a matter of like deserving, but it was just like, you know what? I had a story I wanted to tell and, and it resonated enough to um, be included, but it was definitely one of those like, Oh boy, I feel like I'm playing. I'm like at the big, big kids table and I'm, I'm drinking sparkling apple juice and everybody else is having a glass of wine. Um, but then again, at the end of the day, I was like, that's not the point of this project. Like if you have something to say, like, here's an opportunity to say it. And I'm very grateful that I was included in that. Um, and so I, I look forward to seeing that book in people's hands. I know it's off to the printers now officially. Um, yeah, crowdfunded, uh, successfully crowdfunded on, um, on Zoop, right? Yeah. On Zoop. And that's, you know, that's been an interesting, uh, platform I've had a little bit, a little bit more experience with. I've never personally run something out of Zoop. Mm-hmm. Um, but let her be evil will also be on Zoop. Um, oh, okay, I also think cool. it's I think it's great to have these alternatives to the crowdfunding. Um, you know, especially um, you know, just making sure that 
no one outlet can control whether or not people are able to raise enough money to get their books published and such. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I agree. I, um, I've had my, my first experience. I'm in an anthology that's on has, I'm just looking at it right now on my phone has five hours left <laughs> as we record this five hours left on zoop. So, um, wow, that's a nail but, biter. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's funded. So, Oh, good. So yeah, so there we so there we go. So uh, yeah, I've I, so I've had I I'm not running the project, but um yeah, it's been I, I think uh, they've had a lot of interesting projects on Zoop and a couple of that I've backed, and yeah, I think it's good to have yeah. uh, an alternative. And um, you know the 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 team over there they work really hard to try and promote the the you know the creators on there. That, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like it as a as an alternative. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It- I've unfortunately seen a few Zoop campaigns not make it. And I'm like, dang it. Like, you know, I just, I really want everyone to be able to uh, make those stories. But then, you know, I've seen some people go, okay, we'll repurpose this and try it on a different platform. Or we yeah. will just try it at a different time. Or, you know, we'll work until it's done and see if we can self-publish and stuff. So um, for for my friends and my homies and the people who I've been exposed to through these anthologies, whose work I love to follow, I'm just like, man, I will follow you as much as I can through these different projects and sometimes you know sometimes financially can't back that much but you know the the retweets or reskeets or whatever whatever um whatever <laughs> platform ends up you know hopefully being able to host the community right because um, i because i you know i i i'm so i we don't have to go into the the twitter everything but it's just like we can if you want i'll talk about anything i That's mean cool. <laughs> We don't need to put those bad vibes out, but it's because uh, who knows where Twitter will be at this point. But it's just like yeah. watching the community be challenged because someone doesn't know how to run a business is just like, man, yeah. like everybody works so hard. And it's 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 not like we're all rolling in cash. Like I, I'm right. sure comics are pa- comics community is passing around the same twenty dollars to get our books funded. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I I hope that some place can step up and and be able to host the community. Yeah. I know people have been making discord servers and stuff like that, but it's just like, man, cause I, I do not know where I would be right now without the connects that I made on Twitter. And even, you know, the, the ability to reach out to the comic book creators who've inspired me, both the really big names who it's like, you know, Oh my God, so-and-so liked my tweet, you know, and, and yeah. that's the only interaction we have, but I know that they know that I liked their stuff or just, yeah. you know, going back and forth with like, new artists and writers I've never seen before and having full on conversations and then going, this is a Twitter mutual. And now we're friends. I always, (laughs) whenever it's someone from the internet uh, and I'm picking up their book, I always say, Oh, my friend. And my mom's like, how many friends do you have? I'm like through comics, a lot of them, but it's easier than explaining this person who I, you know, have been talking to on to on Twitter for three years. Like at that point, yeah, we're friends. (laughs) Yeah. I have said, I have conversations with like my wife about things. Um, when I'm excited about something and she um, does her best to pay attention to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was a thing with my parents too, like slowly teaching them, like, here's the things you're going to have to know and learn. And the other day we were, um, we were out at brunch with a cousin of mine who had like asked like, Oh, like tell me about this Archie book you did. And my mom was so proud and I'm so proud of her. She's like, did you know, you know, the, the, the artist doesn't always do the colors. That is, that is a separate job. And then all the word <laughs> bubbles, she goes, you know, Amy wrote the words that go in those bubbles, but someone has to put those on the page. And I was like, and then afterwards she's like, did I get that right? And I was like, yes. <laughs> you did great. Oh, that's, that, that's funny. But yeah, yeah. I, I usually say, 
Like if I'm talking about someone that I've interacted with on Twitter and I know my wife has like no idea who they are. And I'll I'll say like, yeah, uh, that per- that person from from the Internet, like, like it's a place <laughs> we go. And I'm like, I say, I'm not, when did I get old? When did I get so old that I say things <laughs> like, yeah, my friend, uh, you know, my friend Jared from the Internet. <laughs> There's a dozen tiny people who live in this box that when I power it up every morning, they send me notifications and I can check them for serotonin. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I. I mean, I whatever platform it ends up being like Twitter or if it's Blue Sky or whatever the next one that, you know, yeah. threads, whatever the next oh one is that comes along. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, know what? Just, I tried Mastodon. Couldn't do it. Couldn't figure yeah, it out. I, I haven't tried any of them. I, I just I just it, we got it. It has to it, it, it has to get to a point where it's not just, you know, all it, it's I think it's fine if if all the creators are passing around the same $20 because eventually <laughs> if, if you can get to a point though, where another publisher picks up your book and then you get in diamond. We've seen that time and time again. Dude, and so I so am that's- so excited for Zoe tunnel and Valentine Smith with uh blade maidens getting picked up by dark horse. Like yeah. just that example, like that is amazing. Yeah. And they've been, they have been busting their asses with that web comic doing such amazing updates. I mean, the art is stellar. Zoe is a phenomenal writer. I've seen a couple of her scripts before and I'm just like, I like, that's also a weird thing is like, rarely do you see another writer's scripts unless you kind of like have a dynamic or, or a chance to like look at that for a project. And it's just like, yeah. I love the way you script. I hope that's not weird to say. Like the writing is great. The art is great. Like I love the way you script. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it's weird. I mean, uh, you, you'd be surprised the number of creators I've had on here that I've talked to and they say, you know, like, when they first take a crack at a script, it's like, oh, I picked up this book and they had their script as the back matter. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. I love yeah. when somebody will put a script and it's like, you know, you get to, to take a look at it. Well, what, what I was saying, whatever platform ends up being, it, it has to be more than just creators, though, on the platform to reach mm-hmm. the fans and the folks that, you know, there's, there's I still think there's a disconnect between folks that are on Kickstarter, folks that go into the local shop and, and ones that are on social media. But yeah. there's just. It's there's no but I, I just tweeted it yesterday. I think after I came back from the shop, there's no better time to be a fan of comic books right now. And there's no reason oh, why, yeah. like, why you shouldn't be a fan of comic books, no matter what type of story, you know, you want. I've even seen more like romance comics, which used to be a thing. And I mm-hmm. think are, I think hopefully are somewhat starting to make a comeback. Um, so, yeah, there's no yeah. there's no better time to to get into comics. Um but uh, I, I wanted to ask you, I know we're running a little long, but this has been great. Um, what what was the first got you into comics, though? Like, that got you into the comic book store? Um, you know what? I, I, loved, I love to tell this story because it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I've been reading comics since I could read. But for me... I actually didn't start reading comics till about 11 years ago, which which by now I'm like, it's been a long time. But for a while there, I was like, oh, I just started reading in 2012. And people were like, you've never read anything before then? And I was like, no, but 2012 was like, was like another one of those golden moments. It was Matt Fraction and David Ayaz Hawkeye. It was Jason Aaron uh, and um, Isad Ribic's Thor, God of Thunder. It was just before uh, we got Kamala Khan on the scene. It was Phil Noto and Edmondson's Black Widow. And so I was like, ooh, it was. And then uh, Gillen and McKelvey's uh, Young Avengers. But what got me into the store was the Avengers movie. I had, um, 
you know, I had watched the Teen Titans animated show religiously as a child. Okay. Um, absolutely loved it. Can't believe they adapted the Judas contract. Like, knowing what I know now, I'm like, I can't believe they did that. And, like, it was effective for that audience. That show never really talked down to the viewers. Had some devastating cliffhangers. Tara was one of my most, like, hated villains. I was like, I, <laughs> oh my god. Like, um, but unfortunately at the time as i was finding the comics weren't really geared for there there wasn't really anything that was like hey if kids are going to come over to the teen titans comics from this time there wasn't really something set up um so i had picked up a volume and i was like this is really kind of adult like i don't know like it wasn't it wasn't the right demographic time and then i picked up some of the old tales of the teen titans at a garage sale the the wolfman perez wolfman stuff perez, and like that was yeah. great but I was like, this also feels a little dated and it's not quite what I was reading. So I just kind of, I wasn't there for a while. And then I saw the Iron Man movie when it came out in 2008, opening weekend. And it just kind of didn't do it for me either. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Just didn't, didn't do it. And then for whatever reason, the buzz around the Avengers, where they're like, it's a big superhero team. And I was like, I loved superheroes. I loved the idea of superheroes. Um, but I saw that movie like the week it left theaters. So I didn't have a chance to go like rewatch. Um, but Black Widow and Hawkeye were like my standout favorites at that point. Um, Thor quickly overtook them after that. Like he was like, let me, you know, but um, that, so that was right around the time that the, the Matt Fraction book was coming out and I had right. known my local comic book store. I had maybe picked up a couple of Simpsons comics from them at that time, but that was when I was like, oh, this is a monthly thing. I'm going to come in and get it. I didn't understand the monthly model either. Like, right. Cause you know, you, you, you walk into a store on a random day of the week and it's like, Oh, okay. There's Iron Man number seven, I guess I'll pick it up. Um, but that was like jumped on number one, had a, had the store hold it for me. And then I kind of came in religiously after that. And then it just, I remember at a point where I was like, Ooh, I'm pulling four books a month. That feels like, ooh. And then, you know, working in a comic book store, that just exploded to like, I'm reading 25 books a month or whatever. Right. But it really, that, it, you know, it was a kind of a long road to like, I love superheroes. Everything is ready. There's a perfect formula, but I just kind of need that onboarding moment. And it just happened to be like one of the best damn comics of the last decade right. uh, with that, that Hawkeye book. Um, yeah. And after that, I was pretty sunk in. I was like, all right, I get it. Um, uh, yeah, it and I had an amazing store. It was Comics Inc., uh, which is no longer there. Um, and I don't remember their names, but the the two um, cashiers who were always there were the, just the nicest black dudes who were always just like, "Hey, girl, like, what's up?" And there were like a couple times where I was like, I would call every week, like, "Do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this?" And they were like, "You know, you can give us a list of what you want. We will hold it for you, so you don't have to keep calling." <laughs> Not that I'm, I'm sure they loved hearing my voice. Um, but they were like, you don't have to worry. Like, we will like let you know when it comes in. And they were just the nicest dudes. And it was such a great place to go. Um, and it, it, it became another comic book store, but like comics Inc was like, those guys were so nice. So welcoming. Cause again, I could have had one of those experiences where it was like, you don't know how to read a monthly comic book. Like it could have, it could have very easily been yeah. someone who was yeah, not yeah, you, you hear horror stories of. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I haven't i haven't had a ton of those horror stories working in a store i got some of the weird ones i got some really weird ones but um right. but being a customer i've never necessarily like had one of those like oh are you picking up for your boyfriend or something like that yeah um so it was just it ended up being like a long road to get there and i wasn't completely comics agnostic but i had never like really understood the the, the serialized format until that and was facilitated and encouraged 
um, by my local comic book store and they were just so nice and welcoming. Um, so that, that, and that, that just kind of started the whole affair and then it just spiraled out of control from there. So, <laughs> you know, and in 2012, I went to, um, by the time I was in college and working at a store four years later was when I wrote that first uh, little anthology piece that I did. Wow. That's awesome. That's one of the things yeah. I love about comics, whether or not you're, you know, all in as a kid or you just walked into a store yesterday and you're like, oh, this looks neat and uh, found something that you like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just one of the things uh, I love about it. Um, you know, uh, very against any type of like uh, gatekeeping or nah, a man. certain type of street cred. Just pick up a book. Check it out. And especially knowing that everyone, like every comic book that's on that shelf could end up being someone's first comic. Every book that's on that shelf could end up being someone's favorite comic. And yeah. so I want to, like, I always try to treat every book with that kind of reverence. It's, and I'm trying to be that for myself as well, especially as more of these books. I'm like, oh no, this one's going to have a review on comicbook.com. Like, uh-oh, like someone's going to give me a star rating and that's terrifying and keeping me up at night. But then again, it's like that idea where it's like, oh, like, my coworkers and friends and, and roller derby team, I know like I, like three of them came to my first Archie signing and, and they brought their kids with them. And I'm like, you know what? This could be someone's first comic book. Like I, I'm sure for some of my teammates, I was like, that's probably your first comic book. Um, <laughs> but like it was huge for me. And so it's like that idea of like yeah. you look at things on the shelf. And yeah, like I think every story deserves that kind of respect of like someone's going to love this. You know, it's not going to be for everybody, but someone's going to love sure. this. And this may be the thing that someone remembers 10 years from now when they're on a podcast going, what was your first comic book that you picked up at the store? And so yeah. like, yeah, I think that's important to just kind of, that that's the perspective I try to keep in mind when I'm, I'm reading, I'm buying and I'm writing any of these books. I think that's, I think that's the right perspective to have. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, real quick. Do you have a minute? I just want to real absolutely. quick. Absolutely. Can we just touch on, cause you mentioned it and I, I, <laughs> I wanted to mention it before about roller derby. Yes. How did you get, please, Tell me how you get, how did you get into roller derby? I'm going to blame comic books for this one, actually. Um, I went (laughs) to, I went to a panel at Comic-Con. I want to say it was Comic-Con like 2014 and Matt Fraction was on the panel and someone had come in cosplay as Kate Bishop in roller derby gear. And she, and she had like a little homemade Jersey and her name was Skate Bashup. And I was like, I love that. I don't know what this is, but I love it. And then Mark Brooks did a variant cover for A-Force when, after Marvel did the whole uh, Secret Wars where they like kind of wiped all the publishing slates and then they came back with that. So I think it was again, like 2016, 2017, maybe Mark Brooks did a variant and it was the Gal Axes versus the Smash Hers. And it's got uh, She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Medusa, and I think Dazzler in roller skates. And it's, it's a roller derby, like gig poster. And I was like, this is cool. I know nothing about it, but it, it looks tough. And I guess at some point I must have blacked out and followed my local roller derby team on Instagram at some point because I don't remember when I followed them. When I when I moved to my local area, I was like, right. I, I must have looked it up because pandemic happens. I'm not even thinking of no one's thinking of sports, um, but like I, I'm just like I'm indoors and whatever. And in uh, like the it was like early spring or like new year 2022 and they were like hey we're recruiting and i saw that post and it just you know the algorithm happened to put it in my timeline and it was like they're recruiting i'm like i'll go to the info night i'm just gonna see what it's about like i've never skated before in my life 
Wait, uh, you never want... you never skated before? No, I was the kid. I was the kid at the ice skating birthday party. You grew up in like Southern cl- California. That's like what everybody. Walls. No, man, <laughs> I had does, a bike. Right? I had a bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the sit down on a skateboard and and just go down the driveway kind of person. I was like okay. not not a not a balancing act kid. But anyways, I was like, I'm gonna do this, and um, I had you know I just had some money come in and was like, okay, it's gonna be expensive if I want to do it, but. Um, I showed up wearing some really nerdy gear and the recruitment manager was like, you're my new best friend. She's like, you've got a scream jacket on. You're wearing Bride of Frankenstein leggings. She's like, you're my new best friend. So it's like, okay, these people might be kind of cool and it might be fun to learn a skill. And like, and they kept saying, you don't have to have any skating experience. And I was just in the right spot emotionally, you know, we're coming back into the world. Uh, and I was like, I want to do something that I've never done before just to see if I can do it. Um, I usually am the type of person also to like quit something if I'm not immediately good. But I was like, okay, going in, I'm like, you know, you're not good at this. If you want to be good at this, you're going to have to figure it out. And there's just something really therapeutic about it. I can't think of anything else but skating when I'm on my skates for better or worse, where I'm like, I got to stay on my own two feet. Right. Um, but it's empowering. Uh, the people are amazing. I don't, I don't think I would have stayed if the team wasn't amazing. Um, and then it was that idea of, you know, you get the name. So I, like, I always thought of like skate bash up. I'm like, that's so cute. Like it's a, it's a tough version of your name. So what do you want to do? Who do you want to be when you're out there? And I had a list of like 20 names. I I had like Anne of Mean Gables. I had Amy of Darkness. I think. Uh, Amy of Darkness. I like that one. And then my top three came down to Thor Muscles, Beetle Bruise. And then I was like. I kind of like Tuffy the Vampire Skater. I'm like, no one's going to call me that full name. Right. But I was like, you know, in a pinch when we're on the track and someone needs to shout something, are they going to call me Thor? Are they going to call me Bruise? Or are they going to call me Tuffy? And I really, yeah. really liked that. And I was like, okay, you know, I have to be a little bit of a Tuffy to do this. Right. Um, and that's what everybody calls me now. And it's like my favorite thing. And it's just, it's so <laughs> cool. Um, they're all so damn encouraging. And it was one of those things where, I, I've been doing it for about just a little over a calendar year now. Right. I went oh, from wow. not being able to the the first night I put my skates on the the trucks were too tight, so I couldn't like turn. You know, when people kind of just you kind of lean into it, I couldn't mm-hmm. do that. I had to pick my feet up and like turn parallel. Um, I went from that to you know I've played in two competitive games. I've been knocked flat on my ass. I've knocked people on their ass. Oh my god! You know, just figuring out like staying up. I went from my first game getting five penalties to getting no penalties in my second game. Right. And it's just, it kind of like with comics, when I started it, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm the only one at this point who is going to be able to tell me whether or not I can or can't do this. And it's just been a really, really cool and liberating thing. And then, you know, I, I wrote a, a, a fan comic that was Buffy characters, uh, roller skating, and that's available for free on my website. Uh, did that with Nicolette Schultz, who is also a skater. Um, I don't think she does roller derby, but she's a hobby skater. Um, okay. But it was just so cool. And then I had other people in the comics community kind of help me out at the beginning of my journey. Um, Morgan Perry, who's with Skybound right now, um, she did a lot of roller derby. She had to take a hiatus for health reasons, but I was, you know, asking her tons of questions. And then Shay Fontana, who does uh, animation writing for Monster High and DC Superhero oh, yeah. Girls. Um, oh, yeah. I have oh, some fantastic. Yeah, I have some connects in the um, uh, the animation. I, I know a couple of people who who do that stuff. Sure. And so one of them was like, hey, I think Shay used to do some roller derby. Like, you want to see if I can, like, 
get you on a phone call with her. And I just, you know, I, I came with like a little list of questions, like, what's the hardest part? Like, what was what was the scariest thing for you? And like, what was your favorite thing? And it like felt like doing a book report, but it was like, I need to know other people's like genuine experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and she skated under the name Shay Q off, which I love. Um, but she had said, like, don't be afraid <laughs> to advocate for yourself, both in like, like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. But also on the nights where you're like, you know, I'm not feeling it tonight. You don't like it. You need to protect yourself in that way as well, where it's just like, Sometimes emotionally, I'm like, if somebody knocks me down, I'm going to cry tonight. So maybe I won't go. Or like, those, like you know, I could blow off some steam. I'd love to right. go. Um, but it was really valuable to hear that perspective. And so it was like really cool that I was like, oh, there's other comics people who skate as yeah, well. Um, cool. So it's really fun time that she, um, she, she also, I was just looking it up because she had a, uh, uh, a skate series comic, uh, Getting yeah. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, uh, Celia, uh, Moscott, I think it is, um, from boom. Yeah. I was, that's so funny. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where inevitably also like, it's something that I've, I've learned, I've done the field research and I want to put it into more stories. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some skating themed comics from me in the future, but yeah, that was just, it was my big scary life challenge where it was like, do it, do it. And if you hate it, then you could at least say you tried, but it was this thing that I had thought about for so long. Um, and, and I just kind of, I love having that skill. I, they're not going to take my skates away from me if I have a bad night. So I've also got a pair of skates that I can just go do something fun with, but it, yeah, I love, and I love the look on people's faces when I'm like, I've never skated before. And they're like, what? Cause it's, you know, it's kind of crazy, but it, you know, how else are you going to know whether or not you can do something? Cause you, cause you can't be good at everything. And I'm trying to like work myself out of that of like, you're not going to be perfect every time you try. You have to write that first bad script where you were way too controlling about the size of the panels in order to get to, you know, oh my gosh, I get to do a 20 page book with Archie. So like that that kind of, that kind of uh, growth pattern, I'm trying to, trying to be more gracious with myself about that. (laughs) Yeah. No, well, I mean, you're not going to be great. Nobody is. Nobody's going to not like, not you specifically, not like, you're not going to be good. (laughs) Wow. I'm feeling very attacked right now. I know. I don't mean to, that's not, um. (laughs) But no, and anybody, um, myself included, you're not going to be great at everything right off the bat. I mean, if you are awesome, but yeah. some things you More might power not to be. You do everything yeah. then. <laughs> there you go. Have fun. Um, I just think that I don't know. It's just you don't you don't hear that a lot. It's not something I you know see like oh they they do this and they also you know rollerblade or roller derby <laughs> or you know uh, I just think it's cool and just seeing you post about it on Twitter, I was just like endlessly fascinated <laughs> about it. Also, I'm a big. I'm sure that you've heard this before, but I'm a um not, I'm a big Jim Croce fan, and he has a, a song "Roller Derby Queen," which is not at all um <laughs> it's not nice at all to the the roller derby queen that he is in love with. Um, he, <laughs> he he describes her very poorly in the. I was gonna say he better song. be careful because you know she could probably knock him knock him flat. <laughs> well, she definitely could. The way he describes her in the song <laughs> "Roller Derby Queen." I'll listen never, to that one. I don't think I've never. <laughs> heard it um he does not describe her in very favorable terms um despite <laughs> saying that he fell in love with her when he saw her on the barroom tv screen but um <laughs> but you might but uh i i will say that one of the lyrics of roller derby queen is uh, her fans call her toughy but all her buddies call her spike <laughs> oh <laughs> wait a second i didn't know oh that's so cool <laughs> yeah um oh, I yeah, love so that. jim croce roller derby queen uh but it's on my list now. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, don't be mad at me if you don't like the rest oh, of the no. song. But the, he, 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 I did like that. I did think that line was funny when you said they call you, you know, 
I, that's a great name, though, by the way. Tuffy, the uh, vampire skater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they fit that all on my jersey. The company that does the jerseys, I was like, I don't know if it'll fit, but like put it all on there and it's it's back there. But yeah, it's it's like so much fun. Um, yeah, because it's just one of those things where I'm ha- if I'm having a rough like trying to push through the wall, they're just yeah. like, no, Tuffy, like you're our Tuffy. And I'm like, you're right, I am. <laughs> But that's like that's if if anyone takes anything away from this whole conversation is is do something that scares you because it scared the hell out of me. But it, it's just been such a rewarding experience. And and I'm really grateful that, you know, opportunities lined up to be able to do that. Skates yeah. are very expensive. So I'm I'm learning the skate maintenance part now that I'm a year in where I'm like, ooh, some things are fraying. Um yeah. But again, it was one of those things where it's like I kind of thought about it and I could have spent all my life being on the sidelines and going, that's cool, or just throwing myself into it. And then I and I got to learn that like this was a skill that I never thought I could have and I love it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Man, that, that, that is that is. Yeah, that, that is the lesson. Right. Just uh, yeah. do something that scares you and yeah. work at it. And I'm trying to get better all the time. Same with my writing. I, the day that I think that I've learned everything is the day that I'm done. Like that's, there's like, that's un, like, there shouldn't ever be a point where I think I've done all I can do. Uh, and if I do, then the world is probably ending. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we face the heat death of the universe. Yes. The inevitable heat death. <laughs> <laughs> but we still have time. So there are still things we can do and learn yeah. and, and, and grow. Um, all right. Well, I, I don't, before I, I'll, I'll keep going and then it'll be like way too late. And I, I don't I, want to keep you up. This, I no, mean, it's fine. I still very have generous to, with your time. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I still have to get on the bike and then watch the new episode of Alone, which is a, my, one of my favorite TV shows. Have you ever watched Ooh. Alone? No. Yeah. It's one of those shows where they, the, the people, it's like Survivor, but the folks like really are alone. Like they give them the camera equipment. They're all survivalists. They're in like a remote area. They have to see who lasts the longest before tapping out. It is a show that if I ever went on it, I would last eight seconds. Um, <laughs> that's being generous to me, but I really, I'm not a hunter, fisherman by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm just fascinated by these, by folks that will put themselves through this for money. You'd turn it into a great podcast, though, with your little, you know, the the little GoPro they give you. You're like, all right, now I've got a yeah. captive audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm surprised by some of the folks because they're all like, you know, they're they're trained, they're trained survivalists. Like that's what they do. Oh, okay. They they're hunters. They're this is their thing. They're trained for this. They don't just put they don't just put like average folks out there. They're, <laughs> they're folks who are like know the land, know how to survive, how to do how to all skin these things. a deer or yeah. something like that. <laughs> but like they are by themselves. There's no camera crew. They give them all the camera equipment. And there was one guy, the other last episode who did like a little like skit where he was filming himself being like different people. And I'm like three weeks by yourself, buddy, that <laughs> <laughs> like, got to admire the, uh, the creativity there. Yeah, I did. I did. He had like a nice accent. I was like, Oh, good for him. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Any event. That's how I'll end my night watching alone. But, uh, no, uh, but Amy, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have thank thoroughly enjoyed it. Me. Yeah. Um, uh, if folks haven't yet, go find Pop's uh, Chocolate Shop of Horrors. And uh, when this episode comes out, you can make sure it'll be in September. So you can still let your, your local comic shop know that you want Welcome to Riverdale, which is coming out October 11th. That's yeah. so exciting. And, and if be- you just for some reason barely missed the pre-order cutoff the or the, the FOC, 
hopefully your store will at least have a couple extra copies. You can, you can beg them for a few, yeah. <laughs> see if they, you know, extend the print run. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let your shop know that you want it. That's the, the, the main thing. Um, but yeah, and I'll put links uh, for folks that are listening in the show notes to like your social media and your website. And yeah, be on the lookout for Letter Be Evil, which is coming to Zoop sometime later in 2023, I believe. Yeah. So and yeah. There will be awesome. other things with my name on them before the year is out, but I can't announce them just yet. But if that's, you start seeing, you'll, you know, you'll have heard it here first where you're like, oh, who is this Amy Chase chick? You're going to see a few other things coming up this year. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll put your links to social media and your website so folks you. can follow you and so they can find out when those things are announced, which uh, I'm sure will be uh, very exciting. I can't wait to hear all about them. <laughs> and then next time you have something that you want to talk about, please just reach out to me. Uh, I'd love to have you back on the, on the podcast to talk. We didn't even talk about your frogs. We didn't even get to talk about the frogs <laughs> Next yet. time. Next time yeah. we'll talk about the frogs and we'll talk about where Amy Thunderjam comes from. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. that's going to be, that's my social media and my website. People are going to be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> they didn't even mention that thunder stuff at all. Um, yeah, we have to talk about that. Always we'll leave them. talk about the frogs. Always leave them wanting more. I agree. I need to do I more agree. frog comics. When I have some frog comics to talk about, that's that's my thing is I need to put the frogs in the comics. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. Or anthropomorphic frogs. Um, yes. Something along, you know, along the, I, I like anthropomorphic uh, animal, ca animal characters. So I'm yeah, always a little red wall vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, <laughs> well, uh, well, Amy, again, thank you very much for coming on the, uh, the podcast. Uh, everyone check out Amy's stuff. Amy is a fantastic writer. And I don't know if you're in the California area, find out, uh, where, uh, Amy's <laughs> going to be, uh, playing roller derby. Do you play it? Do you call it playing roller derby? Yeah. Yeah, we play okay. roller derby. We yeah, we have the the competitive matches are called bouts. We do have some travel games this season. Um, yeah, and I'll otherwise also try to be signing comic books up and down the coast as much as I can. If stores will let me deface their copies for nominal value, <laughs> yes, they should. They should do that. They yeah, should do that. Um, put some scribbles on them. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Hopefully, you've gotten your your signature down by now. I so did, all, yes, I think I've go. perfected it. It'll you know the true test will come. When the I, I know I have some stuff that'll be releasing early 2024 is right. when I start goofing up the year because it's it's my initials and the year. OK. Uh, and so when I have to goof up or hopefully don't goof up the transition between right. 23 and 24. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I've, I've, I've only ever like for, you know, legal stuff, sign my name and I sign like my whole name. I've mm -hmm. always ever done that. I've never had a fun Oh, a fun, cute little scribble or a signature or something. But someone asked me to sign a comic book once, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I I, I signed my whole name. Who wants my whole name on something? <laughs> and my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's 10, and she is, loves to draw very, like, likes an anime style. She's been uh -huh. drawing for, for years, and she has been doing these, like, anime drawings. And um, she showed me one the other day, and I was like, what's that in the corner? And she goes, oh, those are, like, my initials, like, C.G., and it looked so cool. And I was like, ah, what? you're 10. Why do you have a cool <laughs> signature on your She's on got your the branding drawing? started early. Oh, I know. It's it's ridiculous. Like she <laughs> has like she has her style down. She's a, you know, That's 10 awesome. years old and a great artist and has a really cool signature. And I hate Aww. it. So, well, uh, <laughs> if she ever does comics, let me know, because I'd love to I'd love to uh, read her comics. And then, you know, maybe someday. Yeah. Someday she'll be collaborating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm. I'm trying to get my my wife to start learning how to color comics, and so then I'll have an artist and a colorist. And if there I can get the six year old to let her as soon as she learns them, 
I'll have my whole team in house. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amy. Uh, I've kept you long enough. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, everyone, um, listeners, if, if you're still tuning in and haven't gotten tired of the sound of my voice, I appreciate it. And rate and review and subscribe and do all those wonderful things they say to do for podcasts because uh, we appreciate it. And I like to hear nice things said about me. Thank you. Um, and a shout out to my brother, Bobby, the Crypto Creator Corners, uh, number one most dedicated listener. Hey, Bob, how you doing? And uh, <laughs> that's, I sounded weird. I, a shout out to my brother and it sounded sexy. I, 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 <laughs> sorry, Bob. Sorry, Bob. Uh, everyone's everyone's turned off their radios by now. Is that how people <laughs> listen? Uh, all the right. radio? I hope yeah, so. The radio. Um, thank you. Thank you, Amy. And uh, thank you, listeners. And I will see you next time. I'm I'm going to go. It's too late. I don't even make, I'm not making any sense. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> this is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.